Welcome to Ascension Cast. Here you will find a space where the focus will be on what is real and what is true. We are going to discuss expansion of consciousness and the mind-body connection from the scientific point of view, personal experience, through humor, from the point of ascension practice as taught by the Ishayas, and from the most important point, the underlying source of everything, the unified field, God, the ascendant, it matters not what you call it, direct experience of true reality is what changes your life. So, let's get into it. Hi, and welcome to today's episode in the Ascension Cast. It's Natarasha here, as usual. Today's topic will be placebo effect and how that relates to the power of the mind. There's lots of research uh, done on the placebo effect and lots of very interesting findings that come out of it. And once you read those, you would think that people would really be tapping into the fact that the mind is extremely powerful. But, you know, still it seems like today it is not so much of an accepted reality as you would think. But today um, I'm going to be joined by um, Jyoti. We're doing our science review and um, we're going to be talking about this very thing and some of the experiences that we've had around it and what, what we've seen and found out. It's going to be an interesting conversation, so have fun, um, join us and let's see where it takes us. Okay, hello. Uh, today um, I have with me Jyoti and we're diving into some science and some interesting things about the placebo effect. It's probably something that uh, you, the listener, have heard in, in one way or another because it's a, well, a very well researched and known subject, but it still brings up a lot of uh, very interesting things about the mind and the power of the mind. And, and we're going to talk about some specifics on that today on this podcast. So hi, Jyoti, how are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me, Nanaraj. I appreciate it. Um, you, you shared with me the other day that you, you, had, a, you had a story that really kind of uh, you thought was a wonderful example of of this placebo effect and, and how, it, how it plays out. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, I can. Um, I'd like to just describe a study, and it's a pretty recent study. It happened in 2018, so it's pretty recent. And it was a documentary, and it was done in England by Dr. Michael Mosley. And he's uh, not only a physician, but he's a journalist, and he wanted to create a documentary because he had been thinking about this very subject, about just how powerful is the mind and thinking about could the mind actually cure the body of things that medical science hadn't yet been able to do. So he wanted to do this study and he got BBC to sponsor it and Oxford University created a study and they went to Blackpool, England and they got 117 people with chronic back pain. And these people, um, 
had already tried morphine, tramadol. They've been some of them have been hospitalized. Some of them had done physical therapy. They had tried everything that their doctors had asked them to do, and many of them were still unable to get out of the house. They were able to unable to play with their children. Some of them were actually in wheelchairs. So these people were in chronic pain. And what happened was he created this test and he told all of them that half were going to receive a placebo, which was just going to be ground up rice in a capsule. And the other half were going to get a very, very powerful, brand new pain relieving drug. When in actuality, everybody was getting the same thing. They were all getting ground up rice. All right. Okay. That's it. <laughs> all right. That's it. But in the beginning of this, uh, physicians actually gave them an evaluation at the beginning of the test and at the end of the test. And they also gave themselves a, an evaluation uh, based on how much pain they were give, they had and what kind of activities they were capable of doing or not capable of doing at the beginning and at the end. And then every day they were supposed to create a video of um, how they were doing. And so they started this test. And I will tell you, the other thing they were doing and uh, behind the scenes was they were using the best science that they knew about how placebos worked. And they realized that, for example, red pills give energy and blue pills are supposed to be for pain. So they got a blue pill. Right. Um, they, oh, they even went so far as to put on the bottle to be sure and keep away from children and all kinds of side effects that, of course, didn't exist. But they made up some side effects to put on it just to make it look really real. Um, they knew the power of the ritual which is another reason why placebos, they believe placebos work so well. So there's, you know, the waiting in the waiting room and the white coat and all of those things so right. that you put more belief into what's going to happen. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what they did. Three weeks into the test, 70% of them self-evaluated that they were better. And 45% of them medically were better taking rice pills. Right. 45 percent okay. of them were medically better. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of this document is you're actually meeting some of the people and they're able to tell you their story of their heart-wrenching stories of, you know, I've never, I've not been able to hold my children because of my pain or I'm not. One man who was an invalid tells the story of, of he used to live on a houseboat and he loves, um, loves being on boats, but his pain has been so great until he started taking this wonderful pill that he couldn't get on a boat anymore. And he actually started boating in week two again. And by the end of this study, he's planning a trip to Europe. And this man was in a wheelchair. He gets up on in the very last video out of his wheelchair, takes several steps. And he said, I haven't had any pain since I started this wonderful medication. And I hope I can be on it for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's a believer. He he's a believer. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is, so Dr. Mosley was so scared at the end of week three to tell all these people that they all had the placebo. 
but he gave them the option of continuing to take the placebo after week three. And, there were, and they followed for the, the next week to see how they did. And 70% of the people who chose to continue on the placebo were still gaining benefit from this pain reliever, um, ground up rice. <laughs> 70% were still gaining benefit even after they knew it was placebo. So that, I, I think that's just fascinating to show that how powerful the mind is because they know that the brain can produce its own drugs to relieve pain that are more powerful than prescription drug and prescription painkillers, but they have no side effects. They've even shown after they give some of, somebody a placebo, they put them in an MRI and they actually can watch the brain producing opioids itself. Right, yeah. It's just amazing what the brain can do. And even, even, even I've heard um, about these studies where they've, they've made um, a placebo surgeries, where exactly. they, they do with the surgery with the knee or you know, some other part, and, mm -hmm. and one part gets the actual normal procedure and then somebody just they just open open the knee and then they sew it back up. So you know, like there nothing happens other than you just have a scar from the surgery, and the, it works equally as well. You know, the people are able to somehow heal even their you know knee or some uh, joint problem with the fake surgery. And I, I would think you know that people like or the surgeons that are part of these kinds of things would be a little bit uh, kind of scared, you know, because it's their livelihood and their profession, and they're seeing that the the person is actually capable of healing themselves without their help by just if they just make the person believe in what they're doing. I I think it's incredible. Well, it is amazing, and then I mean I've looked into those kinds of things as well because they're they. Whereas we scientifically have to go through some kind of evaluation to put a drug on the market, there is no evaluation or studies that have to be done in order to show that a, a surgery works. And so the doctors are just, I mean, the reason why they come into the profession is because they want to help people. And they come up with these ideas and they think that, well, if I go in there and I do something, that I'm going to make them better when they all they had to do was probably slice the skin and sew it back up. <laughs> and well, you know, you know what the the, the uh, I was working with some of the doctors that were doing back surgeries for back pain, and you know what they called um, some of the surgeries that they did for people. They called it Columbus surg uh, surgery because they didn't know what they were going to get into and what they were going to find. They just opened the back and went in and did something and sewed it back up and hoped for the best. <laughs> so they call it Columbus surgery, uh, surgery to just go in and you know find out kind of what's what's happening and if they can see something that's not as it should be. But of course, you know they when you're looking at something like back pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. it's impossible to see it in the pictures. It's impos mm -hmm. impossible to see it in the structures of the back 
where the pain would be coming from. So, but you know, I'm sure some people that really trusted their surgeons got rid of their back pain because, you know, they trusted that something happened, you know, they did something, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> so, so some people surely got help out of it and, and well, some didn't, but. Well, that reminds me of the story uh, in the Art of Ascension about the lady who goes into her doctor and she has been worrying for, oh, who knows, 20, 30 years that she was going to die of cancer. And so she now believes she's got cancer and she goes into her doctor and she, and he, he decides to do some exploratory surgery. And this is back in the seventies or eighties. And so he does this surgery and uh, like, it, it sounds very much like what you're talking about, a Columbus surgery. And he goes in there and he finds terrible cancer and he, he just can't tell this woman. He just, he likes this woman. He doesn't want to tell her that she only has a month to live. And so he says, you know, all I did was you had a gallbladder problem and I just removed your gallbladder and you should be fine now. So the lady goes home much relieved and she, she says, oh my goodness, I just feel wonderful. And a year later she goes in for her checkup and the doctor is absolutely shocked to see her there and ask, well, what have you been doing with yourself? Because he doesn't want to tell her what was going on. And she says, well, you know, doctor, when you told me that all it was was a gallbladder, I decided I was never going to be sick another day in my life. And I just decided to go out and live my life. You know, those kinds of things are so powerful to our mind. Our body listens to that kind of thinking. Our body listens to those choices. And it's amazing what, what can happen when, when we make a choice inside of ourselves. And, and I understand it's not something that can be done on a, on a, on a whim. Right. And, and, but you know, one, one thing that I've also experienced personally and, and heard from so many people is that, uh, and especially doctors, they, I don't know, many of them may realize this, some of them don't, and I'm not sure if, if it's talked about in their education of just how much power their words might have. You know, just one sentence where they say either it could be a like um, negative or a positive thing, it could be a healing thing when they say that, okay, this is like you were saying, you know, things are okay. But if they say, well, I, I see this, you know pictures we took from your back and it, it looks really bad your your back is is shut you know you're never never gonna we can't do anything with it and this pain is just gonna be there and that will lock that pain into that person's body for good if if they believe it and it's it's hard not to believe it you know, especially because, yeah, especially if they believe that white coat or right you know you or place believe that education they've received Right, you know, you place the authority into that person and into the white coat and that they have to know what's really going on. And I've seen, I've seen many times that, or when I've been talking to people, that it's almost like undoing um, that program that's gotten into them from a, a doctor or somebody that they gave the power to. And, you know, it, it's, uh, and, and that to me speaks, speaks about the power of the mind very specifically that we are the ones who give the power to those thoughts. You know, we're not a victim to a doctor that says that, you know, you're never going to be healed. 
it's our belief in the doctor and and what he mm-hmm. or she uh, represents and 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 that way we lock ourselves into that paradigm of uh, pain and inability to be healed for example but also it works in the positive because if there's a great doctor uh, that understands this and knows how to play it they can really use their um, authority in a very good way but you know it seems like uh, it's a kind of a you know it depends on what kind of doctor you happen to be seeing and then of course what kind of attitude you have and what kind of belief systems Mm -hmm. you carry yourself I remember my father had um, cancer and uh, my family was all upset and so I I decided to call the doctor and have a conversation with him myself and find out really what was going on. And I said, I asked him, so what do you think the prognosis is of my father? And he said, well, if, if I was just reading the chart of this person that I didn't know, and I looked at your father's chart, I would say he might have 30 days, 60 days to live. But the fact of the matter is that I've met your father. And I know that your father's going to live as long as your father wants to live. And there's no question in my mind he can live as long as he wants to live. And he did live a couple more years after that. And he did, my father actually decided he was just done with his life. Um, I'm, I'm fully convinced my father did not die of cancer. My father died because he was lonely for my mother. And I, I didn't even think my father could live 30 days without my mother. So I was amazed he lived that long. Right. And, and it's just, it's really, um, we give so much power to those names. We give so right. much power. And we, we also have this whole idea that our body is um, rigid. It, that it's, right. you know, that once we get something, we have it forever. We right. don't even allow for our body to change. We, we think once we have X, whatever that is, that that's, I have it permanently. And we're the ones who lock that in place. Right. You know, what you were saying about your dad reminded me of my um, uh, grandparents, my, uh, my father's parents. And it's an interesting story because they both, uh, my grandfather died when he was 70 two and he died of a heart attack and he died in the morning that he was supposed to go to the hospital to be um you know get all these examinations and things um about the heart that the doctor wanted to study his heart and he was the kind of guy that you know he wanted to live his life and he didn't want to ask for help from doctors or especially you know and so i thought it was interesting that he the very morning that he was supposed to go into that road of okay now the doctors are gonna start studying my heart and all of that he just quit he just left like he just got up from the bed and fell down and that was that was it he was gone and my grandmother lived for another 20 years so quite you know she was over 90 when when she died but what happened to her was that she was going to go to the doctor that day for her heart to be studied. And she died during the night. And, and, and my um, uncle, uncle came and you know, found her dead. And I thought, well, they both 
really did not want to go to the hospital (laughs) 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 because they were in pretty good health before that and they just checked out and you know I I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of those kinds of stories so we're not yeah we might feel that we're more that death is something that we're definitely a victim to but in truth that that's not so either it just appears to be so because we're so uh, that's the belief system that we live in that we're um, victims to our bodies and the conditions and the illnesses and you know all of all of that kind of stuff but my grandparents really showed me that you know I felt so strongly that that they chose to go and that was that yep well speaking of the heart I had a situation actually um before Christmas this year, um, someone contacted me, an old friend who actually, it wasn't this, I wrote a blog article about opioids and how the mind is actually more powerful um, and the, the um, endorphins that the mind creates is actually more powerful than the pain relievers. And there's quite a bit of evidence about that. And someone read that article and he contacted me and um, said that he didn't believe that and he started relaying a number of things to me and I realized and he got right down to the point where he started talking about his relationship with his father and just how horrible his father was and he went on and on and on and on and on and I kind of mentioned to him have you considered forgiving your father because it just felt like he was so wrapped up in this whole thing with his father and he said no, that he hadn't been able to forgive his father. He, was, he knew that he needed to, but it was just too real for him, and he couldn't do that. And it wasn't 30, 45 days max, he had a heart attack. And he died on the table. They had to go in and cut him open, and um, they did everything. And they were able to bring him back. And he contacted me again just recently and thanked me for talking to him. And I really believe that we carry these ideas around with us and we carry these um, past experiences with us and try to work them over and try to resolve them within us. And when we can't do that, our body just can't keep up with that. And a lot of the pain that we experience in our body is really from our own anxious mind it's the only way i can describe it and there are a number of things there's rashes there's you know heart problems there's all kinds of different things gut problems many of those are from the mind trying to work through and we keep rehashing those old experiences over and over and over and make sense of them instead of and and i know that it's it's difficult to let them go Mm-hmm. The, the fortunate thing is that you and I know that there's a practice that we have and this practice doesn't require that we have to figure out what the past was. We don't have to even rehash the past. We have a practice that's based on praise, gratitude, love, and compassion. It's not about a positive thinking model either. It's about using that to turn the mind around from this outward movement and this outward figuring everything out to a movement inward to that which lies beyond or to the eternal part of ourself that is unconditional love 
and that is only wanting to bring good into our life and into everyone else's life. And as we, as we begin to get in touch with that, that is what begins to heal us. That's what gives us the power to forgive. It's, it's very difficult in our rational mind to forgive somebody or to make things happy, happy, happy. But when we move back inward and experience more of that part of ourself, um, it's amazing what can actually happen. Or as I told this, this person who connected with me again, and I said, you know, sometimes those computer resets can be really powerful for just giving us, a, shall we say, a, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, contrasting experience to realize just how easy it would have been to forgive somebody when we, think, when we come into contact with, when we're facing death ourselves, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to maybe forgive from the past than it might have been when we're just living our everyday life. Right. Yeah, I was, I was just listening to this <clears throat> podcast earlier and, and there were two doctors talking and I, I thought it was interesting how they were talking. Well, first of all, they were both, you know, saying that the mind-body link is totally, you know, obvious that it's there and now we all know that it's there. And, you know, science, you know, agrees with that, but it still isn't totally the paradigm that all the people are living in. The other thing that they were saying that kind of links into what you're saying is, um, is that um, a lot of people have fear of suffering, you know, they, that they think that there should never be negative thoughts or feelings, that that's, you know, in, in a way, when we talk about it, I can understand that from the point that those negative thoughts create a negative um, situation in the physical body and the chemistry becomes toxic and it's, it's very difficult to heal yourself if there's a lot of judgment in, in you. But if you're so fearful of what's in you that you never turn inward or you never face yourself or become aware of your inner world, then it is very difficult to move beyond that. And so then, you know, no amount of positive thinking will really make a, any difference if, if um, the judgments and the negativities lodged in your subconscious where you don't, you don't have awareness, you know, you, you, the positive thinking doesn't go deep enough to do anything to those programs. And then when you're, you know, you mentioned the Ascension practice and, and what we're doing with that, the beauty that I feel in the practice is just that it's not based on any surface feeling or any surface idea or thought, but it gives you a mechanical tool that takes your mind from the surface to the right to the source of all thought and where the body has such a deep level of rest that it is actually able to produce all those good things that the body needs for healing. And at the same time, the mind can settle into that peace that's beyond understanding that we don't have to understand really anything to be um, uh, really content and happy and um, uh, having a stable inner life so you know there's there's things that we're starting to understand uh, collectively and it's starting to seep into the the collective 
consciousness, but there's still a lot of the old beliefs that are blocking us from really utilizing um, the power of the the mind. And, and that's where I think the Shaya's Ascension is such a great tool for anybody of any kind of belief or background, because it gives you the tool to start working with those even unconscious um, layers in, inside of you and, and move beyond the, the stresses that are blocking you. Absolutely, because I mean, we don't have to have a heart attack or a, a horrible experience in order for us to realize a contrast to our li living everyday life. That's the power of a practice the, of ours, is it's a contrast between what I might call the phenomenal world and the world within. If we took, if we look at, for example, that the mind is like an ocean, and then there's the waves up at the top that are turbulent and going on and on, we could call that maybe our, our thinking world or our outer world, that's all that's going on. But then at the depth, if you keep going down and down, there is a depth within that ocean where there's only calm, where there's only peace, where there's a strength, a power that comes from that, that depth. And that's really what we're doing with ascension. We're moving from that, that turbulent part of the mind and moving down into that place where the power and the strength comes from within us. We all have experiences of that. We may not remember, but we all have experiences of that. Um, and we just, because they're not our normal everyday experience, we may forget them. But, but that's deep within all of us. So just to bring all of this back to, um, back to where we started off, the placebo really is a kind of a reminder to us of the power of the mind. It's, um, it's showing us something about the mind. And if we're smart enough, we can use that you know, to our benefit and realize that, okay, what we give the power to, whether it's a doctor or a, a medicine or a procedure or something, really what we're tapping into is the power of our own mind. And so whenever somebody says that, you know, this can't be healed and this is not possible, I, I would never settle for that because there is such a power inside of you. But of course, you know, it, it takes your, your personal choice and um, uh, turning inwards to connect with that. And even then, you know, we're not in control how things happen and how the physical healing may happen. But regardless of that, it, it is our mind that is the, the very key to any kind of healing, healing, you know, that we can have physically or otherwise. And another point, just to, to bring out what you're saying, is when we look at who gains the benefits from a placebo, it's somebody who is open-minded, who has a greater awareness, who is willing to have a new experience. And, and as I look at that, I look at that as someone who is willing to let go of the current experience that you're having. And many of us have bought into the current experience that we're having, or we're gaining, even we may be gaining benefits from the current experience we're having. So if we're, if we're willing to let go of all of that, um, then we could have a new experience. Right. Yeah. I, I think that summarizes it, it very well. And uh, hopefully you, the listener have, have gained some, some perspective and it may be that, a lot of what we've talked about so far 
is is um, something that you've heard before or that you know in your own experience, but to really come to a point where you can utilize it is what we're, of course, inviting you to. And the, the practice of the art of ascension is definitely a great way to get into this and, and uh, tap into the power of the mind. Um, thank you, Jyoti, for this talk. And um, we'll be continuing the science review or however <laughs> our talks could be called. Um, we're going to be talking more about the science and the research and the power of the mind and related things in, in the upcoming podcast. So um, I'll invite you back in, Jyoti, and we'll continue Thanks. sharing. Thanks. All right. So that was the conversation today with Jyoti and the placebo effect. Hopefully you uh, followed us through the meandering path of the conversation and found out something interesting for you. There's so much that could be said about the placebo effect and, and the power of the mind. And it may be that we come back to this topic in one way or another at some later point, but we're sure to continue our science review. And I'll let you know when Jyoti is coming back the next time. Um, in the next episode, we will have uh, another teacher, Nagendra, join us. And we're going to be talking about um, how fear affects the immune system of the physical body. And I think that should be an interesting topic for what is happening right now. So catch you later with praise, gratitude and love. Visit theartofascension.live. You will find online live introductions to the time-honored practice of the Shayas. Also visit the Shaya Foundation website at theshayafoundation.org. This practice of ascension is for all people, no matter what background or belief system you have. It is time to connect with the truth of who you are.